Hey there, language lovers. Welcome to a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm Shannon Kennedy, co-host along with Benny Lewis, and we're chatting with Mari Salvestrini about using Instagram for accountability, getting momentum with your language learning when in low spirits, developing a language learning routine based on energy levels, tips for becoming a more confident language learner, slow learning and why it might be the right language learning strategy for you, why breaks are important, and fighting perfectionism in language learning. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can let us know what your thoughts are at languagehacking.com slash review. It helps other language learners like yourself find us, and it also tells us what you like most about the podcast so that we can keep doing more of it. All of the links and resources mentioned in this episode will be available to you as a part of the show notes. So let's get into our discussion with Mari. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 67. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. My guest today is Marie Salvestrini, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. She's been encouraging so many language learners online as she shares her stories with people. She's got building a great uh, following on the likes of YouTube and Instagram, and she has her own interesting story. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I've joined, as always, with my co-host Shannon, and uh, let's dive right on in. So Marie, I would love to hear from your own mouth what your background is and how you got into language learning. Yeah, so I am originally from Venezuela, so my native language is Spanish, but I grew up attending a bilingual school. So I was exposed to other languages very early on, and I grew up speaking both Spanish and English. And my grandfather is Italian, so I also got a little bit of that. I got into learning languages on my own when I was about 20, 21 years old, so like four years ago. I was unemployed. I was new in Spain. It was very, very difficult time and I was very depressed. So I needed something that made me feel great. That made me feel like I was able to accomplish something. And that's when I started learning Italian to connect with my roots, but also to cheer myself up. And the minute I started these like opportunities to start opening to me, I started meeting a lot of people and it helped me like settle in into a different country and uh, also meeting so many people online who had similar stories than mine living abroad. So one of the things that you are kind of famous for doing is sharing your routine on Instagram. And so I think this is something that a lot of language learners are really interested in what exactly other learners are so are doing. So what is it that you're doing? Why did you start sharing it on Instagram and what has come of doing that? Yeah, so I I love planning and organizing. I always say I'm better at planning than I am at executing because I enjoy it so much. And I just started sharing it because I love seeing other people. And I also wanted to share the fact that I'm not perfect at my plans. So I share the plans I make and I also share the results, which are very different sometimes from the planning and all my experiences that go uh, with it. And everyone likes it so much that I just keep doing it and enjoying uh, getting that accountability from other people as well. Because every time I share a video of, let's say, me speaking Japanese, then everyone that week will be asking me, how's your Japanese? Or 
sending me texts in Japanese and then I have to, you know, learn and continue learning. So it helps me a lot with accountability as well. And I actually recommend a lot of people to share whatever they feel comfortable on online because people are going to ask or with even with people around me, everyone is always asking because I share so much. But yeah, I think that the plan is specifically, it's very interesting for other people to see um, different ways. Uh, you know, some people learn more intensively. I love to see those plans. Maybe it doesn't work for me all the time. So I share also when I learned less intensively and then everyone can pick what works for them. So one thing that I know a lot of people struggle with is when they're dealing with some mental health issues or they're feeling unmotivated and language learning could be a potential avenue to help them get out of that. Like you said, that's a big part of your story, but there's a a bit of a chicken and an egg problem here that like, how do you get that initial momentum? Because it can snowball and it can and especially in your case, it can give you just a huge boost to feel so much better about yourself. But initially, it feels like any of the uh, mistakes you make are these giant mountains that are like just making it impossible to get any further. So when you were trying initially to get out of your low spirits with language learning, how did you get that initial momentum? Yeah, so... It, it was really a, a struggle in the beginning because I was very unmotivated to even leave my bed. So it was very, very hard to just even like sit down. I was also sleeping in a couch in the living room. So I also didn't have space. So um, I will watch other people do stuff. And I also like joining calls where other people study. So like study together sessions and that helped me like to start getting into um yeah, getting into the mood of studying languages, but it was a lot of, I would maybe watch YouTube for two hours until I get a little bit of motivation. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to uh, learn. And I also use other methods that were maybe lighter. So I wouldn't feel like so much as, as a failure. Um, so like watching series because Italian is similar to my native language. That's also an important factor. I started with a language that was going to be easier for me. Um, it helped me a lot into gaining that uh, confidence with the language bit by bit. So would you say that posting on Instagram and finding a group of people who learn alongside you also helps you build your confidence and motivation to learn the languages? Yeah, definitely. Um, being with people online, most of my friends still right now are online because that's that's an easy way for me to connect through language and practice together or study together because we're all interested in the same things. Yeah, and the online community can be very supportive and it's been a, a very big part of your story. So like, how did you get into that initially? How did you decide to start posting content um, without worrying that like, oh no, what if people are going to criticize me? Like, how, how did you ease into that community? Well, at that time in my life, I had no friends. I wasn't in a country. I felt like I had like nothing will embarrass me because I had no one around me to feel embarrassed. I don't know if that phrasing is correct. Um, so it was easier in that way. And I also did posted everything in English. So it naturally acted as a barrier for my direct family who speak all Spanish. So that helped me into kind of like creating this alter ego or this other persona that was a little bit more social and was a little bit more open online. And then my real person and this persona mixed in a way that now it's just part of me to share everything I do online as well. 
You have a very specific language learning routine where you study languages at specific points throughout the day. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why you've developed this routine? Yes. So I, how I developed this routine is strange to figure out. I think it's just, I, I find that at different times I can learn different language just better. So languages are more difficult. I prefer to study them in the morning because that's when I have the most energy and the most focus. And then languages like Italian or Dutch that I've been learning for a very long time. It's easier for me to just watch a movie at night or read a book or uh, even study, but it's less intensive than it will be if uh, with a new language, for example. Um, I always alternate into two or three languages because I'm very, I have too many passions. I cannot pick one language. I cannot pick one hobby. I have too many things that interest me. So I try to um, do many languages. I don't do them all every day because that's just unrealistic. It's not going to work, but I guess mostly in the mornings I study and then in the afternoon, uh, midday, and then at night, I will alternate into other languages. And when you do have that, like if somebody knows what part of the day is their most energetic part, whether that be the morning like yourself or later in the day, uh, what are the best ways to uh, for like what have worked for you to put that energy into the language? Like what do you decide to do specifically with your morning uh, routine? Because like you said, it's easier later on to consume content, to watch uh, TV shows and such, but what do you do with your higher energy periods? Yes. So I will often pick one or two, I call them main resources. So it's a resource that is very comprehensive that has, uh, that matches the way I learn. So it's mostly based on audio and repetition or reading. And, uh, then I have a list of other fun things I can do. So I, uh, it's, I have trouble focusing for long periods of time. So the way I trick myself into really sitting down and study is I tell myself, okay, do this for 30 minutes, this practice. And then you have all this fun stuff that you can try to do, um, after you finish your main study session. So, uh, that's what I do in the mornings, but I like to have one main course that I can follow to give me structure. So speaking of courses and tools, um, Memorize has been one of the tools that you've historically liked using quite a bit. And you have an interesting story of uh, using it with your mom. Do you want to share a little bit about that? <laughs> yes. So um, my mom's first language was actually English because she was very young when she lived in the United States for like five years. But then she moved to Venezuela and it was very different times and everyone made fun of her accent. So she stopped speaking English altogether. So we've been trying to get her back into speaking English and she loves memorize and she also loves uh, listening to podcasts. And I don't know if she really understands. I think she thinks that she understands more than she does, but I think uh, she's doing a great job. Um, it's, it's very interesting to see my mom trying to learn English because she will know the weirdest words because she has them somewhere in her subconscious. Um, and it's just interesting to see her and um, to see her interact with me in English because it's, I kind of become like the mom a little bit sometimes repeating things slowly, telling her how to pronounce correctly or how to phrase, uh, organize the sentences correctly. It's, it's a very interesting dynamic. I love uh, inspiring people around me to learn languages for sure. 
I know uh, for a lot of people, when they try to help a family member learn a language, it can be very difficult, sometimes very frustrating, especially because you have a lifelong of uh, your entire life experience of speaking a specific language with them. So how did you get into this routine with your mother of using some English and how did you avoid any kind of uh, weird awkwardness? Where, like you said, sometimes you are almost taking on the role of mother in this dynamic. So how, how did you work through that? Yes. So uh, with my mom, it's easier to include uh, phrases or words in English, because since my brother and I grew up attending a bilingual school, we will always speak English with each other. And then um, it became natural to say certain sentences with my mom in English. We don't do it that often, but we definitely do. And then sometimes when we're together, she will tell me, or when we're traveling, for example, she will tell me like, can you tell me how to say this in English or can we speak in English and stuff like that? What is difficult though, is my dad, because he grew up speaking Italian because my family is Italian. Speaking Italian with him is the weirdest thing ever. Even though we can both speak very good Italian. It's very hard for us to communicate in Italian. That one is a little harder to switch the language of the relationship. I think I will have to also start including some sentences like I do with my mom and slowly using the other language because yeah, it's also hard for him to express himself the way he does in Spanish than when he does in Italian, of course. So in addition to sharing everything that you're doing on Instagram, you've more recently started sharing everything on YouTube as well. So what was your inspiration behind doing that? I love creating videos. I love anything that is creative. And I thought that YouTube could be a great way to tell longer stories and to share uh, things with more detail. Because Instagram has such a short attention spam, I think that with YouTube, I could talk more. And I really like talking. So. It was uh, it was natural for me to go towards YouTube. Uh, it's it's so creative for me to edit, to include all the different videos, and and to share tips, but in a different way. I I just love it so much. And there's a big or, or a growing community in in YouTube with language learning, and I wanted to be part of that because everyone was so nice and so ready to share all their tips. I thought it was nice to do that along with uh, friends that I met on Instagram and other platforms. A lot of people can feel very intimidated by the idea of putting themselves out there, especially in video format. So how did you work through that? Well, I like it too before because I had no one to, I thought no one would care. So I still posted and I didn't share it with anyone that was mildly related to me (laughs) in the beginning. Um, I will say that I still struggle with that sometimes. I think when like I film my videos and I edit my own videos, so I see a lot of my face, which sometimes it's a little difficult um, because we start to see all the little details. And because I share everything in English, which is not my native language, sometimes I listen to myself and I'm like, that sentence is wrong. That sentence is wrong. And there has been times where I refilm everything just because one sentence was wrong. But I try to just let it pass and I try to be uh, practice some self-compassion um, because we can become such perfectionists uh, when it comes to putting ourselves online because we want to show our best self. But I think that 
the most helpful thing is to show to show your real self with all the flaws and all the imperfections that come with it. I think people value that way more than showing a perfect uh, person speaking perfectly. I think that confidence is a really important thing in language learning. And it sounds like you have worked on a lot of different strategies for not only building your confidence with the languages that you speak, but also with the things that you do around languages. Do you have any tips for someone who is maybe not feeling so confident, but wants to be more active in the community or start speaking their languages? Yes, I will definitely say take it step by step. Um, when I start speaking a language, I always get so nervous and I always prefer sending voice notes or voice memos. I find that so helpful because I don't have to put on my face. I can just record my voice. And if it if it's wrong, I can delete it and start again. So um, it's a super way to start speaking your language without this stress. And um, in general, for confidence, I think it's trial and error. And it is about giving yourself this space to to grow because we're not we're not always confident, you know, even the most confident person has moments of weakness. So to understand that it is OK if one day your fears get the best of you, it is OK if one day if, if you want to not show yourself, um, you have to find your balance and what works for you. And you were saying before that when people reach out to you and they write messages or comments or DMs in the languages you're learning, you'll eagerly respond in that language. And um, this can be uh, something that especially putting your your writing out there, um, it's it can be hard to feel like the other person isn't isn't nitpicking and looking at every little grammatical mistake. So uh, like how do you let go of those hesitations? Because that's great writing practice and it's a great way to interact with the community. But that hesitation uh, can be an initial barrier for a lot of people. What would you say to somebody who struggles and maybe has a chance to interact, even if it's just in text format, but they, they're just held back by thinking my language level isn't good enough yet? Yes. So what I always do is if I don't know a word, I think it's okay to go ahead and translate it until it's better because it's not about speaking perfectly, but also about getting the message across. And if I need to translate a word, I will do it. So many people will be stuck in like, I don't know this word. I cannot make that sentence, but we have all this technology. Let's use that help. And also having that mindset, it's about sending a message. It's not about speaking perfectly. I always use as an example, the fact that I don't really know how to use prepositions in English. I always said them wrong, but people always, always, always understand me. So that's a proof to me that speaking perfectly is not the goal, but it's about, you know, sharing what you want to share. And people are going to correct you if you like that. And that's going to be even more helpful than you pretending that you speak perfectly. So just translating some words that you need and trying to make that sentence on your own. I think that's the way to go. Um, for writing practice online. So one of the other strategies that I've heard you talk about is that you take the more slow learning approach as opposed to trying to learn a language as quickly as possible. What made you decide to use this strategy for language learning? Because I like so many things and my attention is always divided. And it's easier for me to fit... a 
a little bit of everything throughout my week than to do just a whole week of language learning. And it's not to say that I wouldn't like to maybe someday do some intensive learning. I would love to go for a month somewhere and just try to learn as much as possible. But on the day-to-day, for me, it's more practical to learn bit by bit. And because I know I have a smaller periods of time, I know it's going to take longer. So I figure it was better to embrace the mindset of doing it slower and, and going step by step um, for me. But that's difficult because we see all these amazing people online learning really fast, which is great. And sometimes I saw the other day someone is like, I study for eight hours every day. And I'm like, wow, sometimes I wish I could do that, but I have to work and I have to do so many things and it's not possible for me right now. So uh, it's hard not to compare myself, but at the end of the day, I think that um, embracing this more slow approach has helped me even progress faster, which sounds weird because I'm not stressing myself into trying to fit everything, you know, like learning faster or uh, trying to do more and more every day, but doing just what I need every day. And what have been the the biggest challenges that you faced in these languages you've been learning and how have you overcome them? I think that the biggest challenges have been, um, well, actually it's been putting myself out there and making friends. It's, I think that's very challenging to do as an adult at any age, but I think as an adult, it's, it's harder to make friends and to put myself out there and, and do it in other languages. And I think finding that confidence has been the hardest because um, when I make a video, I can always edit out the parts that I don't like. But when I'm speaking live with someone, I feel like they can see through me. So that's always the hardest part for me to find that confidence. I think all the rest is just a matter of continuing learning. It's a matter of being consistent, of finding the resources for you um, and finding when you can learn and how often. I think that's that's easier. I think we can find online that one, but the one about confidence, the one about putting yourself out there, I think that's the one that takes, that comes more from within, if that makes sense. If someone were struggling with their language learning, um, whether it's because they're not able to get the momentum because of things going on in their life or because they're just not feeling comfortable with having to do some of the things that we need to do as language learners, what would the, your advice be to them? Well, I, I love taking breaks. I think breaks are sometimes necessary for everything in life. So acknowledging that you need a break is, uh, is, is, is going to be very important. And also to understand that that break doesn't mean that you have to stop everything. If you enjoy watching YouTube in that language, you can continue to do it. If you enjoy your flashcards, flashcards every day, you can continue doing that. Your break is whatever you want that break to be. I sometimes take a month when, where I'm like, it's, I can't do anything because like right now I'm in the middle of moving. So it's been a week where I cannot really sit down and study, but I understand that that's a break that's necessary. And when I come back, I'm going to be so eager and so motivated to do it. That it's going to be so much better. Uh, so you were just saying that uh, one of the things that you had to work through was putting yourself out there. But we also, as well as the interactions we could have with other people, we have to deal with our own internal mindsets. So which 
internal mindset struggles have you had when it comes to learning your languages? One of my internal struggles is I tend to be a little bit more perfectionist when it comes, especially with the sounds and the pronunciation. And if I hear myself saying something wrong, which I do often because, you know, it's normal, it's part of, of speaking a foreign language, it really frustrates me. So to allow myself to be like, that's okay if you don't understand all the different vowels, because Spanish doesn't have a lot of different vowels. It's normal. So just take your time, keep doing it. And again, going back to that idea that the message is what's important. Um, but I tend to, that's one of my struggles. Sometimes I will stop speaking because I will feel like if I don't say it, if the pronunciation is not perfect, they will not understand me. That's the one that stops me all the time. So speaking of child struggles, there's uh, something that you do that some language learners struggle with, and that's learning multiple languages at the same time. And so I'm wondering what some of the strategies you use are in order to be able to work on more than one language at a time and not deal with things like confusing them or just even time management. Yes. So for me... I like to learn languages that are at different levels. Some people like to learn languages that are different. That is not a thing for me. For me, they have to be at different levels because I always feel like the newer languages are very needy. They need a lot of your attention. You stop using them for two weeks and then they start fading away. So I like to have my languages that I learn at. Uh, at the same time at different levels. So that's easier to manage. And that goes perfectly with my daily routine because then I have the morning with the uh, more intensive learning and then they start uh, becoming easier for me to learn. And that's the way I can maintain them. But also I like to create a life that includes the languages that I learn. So whether that's with friendships or the place I'm living or the media I consume, I create habits in which I can use all these languages and that makes it easier. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's the key long-term to maintain languages, to find one thing that you enjoy doing in a different language that you can continue doing for a very, very long time. So as well as trying to get this routine with multiple languages, as you put content out there, I'm sure a lot of people have shared their struggles with you just to get into language learning, just to be able to learn their very first target language. So what issues have you found people have uh, shared with you and what advice would you, get, would you give to somebody who's just trying to get into language learning initially? I will say just start. So many people spend so many hours looking at other videos, looking at other people learning, and they will always ask me questions like, should I start with grammar, with vocab, with this, where we're with that? And I always say, just start. Just pick one thing and stick with it. Whatever it is, it's going to help you. I don't think that um, if you're consistent, you you won't get bad at it. You will only get good at it. So pick something and an experiment as well, uh, because especially with your first language that you learn on your own, you're not very clear on what really works for you. So you have to try a bunch of different things as well. Um, so, for example, when I started, I thought textbooks were the one thing for me because everyone has textbooks and very pretty notebooks. I cannot do that because I'm, it's just not my thing. It took me a lot of uh, trying it to realize that it's not uh, my style of learning. So 
I think that helps. But you have to start because you will never figure out any of these things if you don't start learning and if you don't give it a fair chance. All right. So one of the questions that we always like to ask our guests on the podcast is, what is your definition of language hacking? I, w- I will say that to hack a language, you need to hack your mind, your consistency, your mindset, more likely. If you can figure that out, all the rest is going to come easier, in my opinion. If you can figure how to study every day or almost every day or at least every week, you will get good at it. It's That's going to help you. That that will be my, my definition of language hacking. And what are your plans for the future, both for how you're going to continue your content and your language learning plans? I'm very curious if you have any long-term things in mind. At the moment, I am working on Japanese. That's a language that I adored my whole life and I'm finally getting into it. Hopefully I could go in a couple of years to Japan for a long stay and really use the language, which is my favorite part to use the language. So that's in my mind right now, a little bit of French as well, um, just because I'm so near, I'm so close to Belgium and friends, I, I want you go there on holiday for sure. And in regards of content, I am working on sharing a little bit more of my other hobbies, sharing a little bit more of, of my life abroad as well on what it is really like to, you know, leave everything behind and move on to a new country and all the good, the bad and the ugly that comes with it. I find that to be a very interesting part of my story that I think other people can benefit from. Excellent. Well, this has been very interesting. We'll be sure that uh, we share in the show notes links to your social media. People can check out your Instagram, your YouTube and any other links that we have for you. And I'm sure people would really enjoy seeing your content and getting inspiration from uh, all the things that you upload. So thank you for all of that. Thank you for your time today and uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. All right. So until the next time, we wish everybody a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. Happy language learning. All right. So at the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guests. And this is something that you can employ into your own language learning to see how it works for you and hopefully see some pretty quick results. So for me, I'm going to start Benny. My takeaway was what she shared when she was talking about building her routine and basing it off of her energy levels. And I think that this is really important because we often confuse energy management with time management. So what we end up doing is we go throughout our whole day, leaving our language studies until the end of the day. And we feel like we don't have time, but it's actually not that we don't have time. It's at the end of the day, we don't have the energy that we need to study our languages. So learning energy management is just really crucial to being effective in your language studies. And the first step is figuring out when you have the energy, which is Something that a lot of us don't actually know still, if we're more morning people, if we're more night people, if we tend to have a good burst of energy later in the morning or, you know, later in the afternoon. So kind of pay attention to when you're doing your work or you're doing your school 
or whatever and pay attention to when you're feeling the most energized or most motivated. And that tends to be your window for when you have the most energy and then do an experiment and try out learning your language in that time if you can and see how it changes things for you. So what about you, Benny? What was your takeaway from this episode? Well, uh, a lot of people know of me for my intensive and fast language learning, but um, like one thing I do always like to make clear is that this is because it's appropriate to my learning style and my learning goals. And something I really like that uh, Marie said was that when she takes a slow learning approach, that that can actually be faster for her. And that can feel a little counterintuitive, but I like that she said this because if an intensive learning style is not for you, um, for whatever reason, it's just not, it doesn't suit your personality or you can't time it right, then that means that if you attempt to shove this uh, learning approach, which is not the most ideal one for you into your life, then you're going to struggle a lot more. And over the pace of several months, you may not make that much progress. So I'm still all about intensive learning, but if you find the most appropriate approach for you, including a slower learning approach, you will learn a language faster. And uh, I like that she pointed that out because um, initially we may not have that association. You imagine if you're taking your time with the language and there are many examples where people really do take too much time with their language. But if you do it like Maria's done and you found the appropriate uh, balance of how you're integrating it into your life, then that can actually be a faster way to learn language. That was my big takeaway. Great. Well, that's it for this episode. So once again, if you enjoy the Language Hacking Podcast or this episode in particular, please let us know what you think over at languagehacking.com slash review. And once more, all of the links, resources, and everything else mentioned in this episode will be available to you as a part of the show notes. So until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.